outside? Should I run and hide? How do I take my company worldwide? Do you love the law? Did you watch Hee Haw? What's the weirdest thing that you ever saw? What's it like in court? Favorite sport? Can you help with my book report? Is my hair too long? Am I right or wrong? And do you mind if I sing along to anything? Ask Alan anything in the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Ask Alan, the podcast. I'm Alan Crone, the CEO of the Crone Law Firm. We're here with Ross Hornish, who is the CEO of Search Marketing Pros. Ross, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. We were talking offline that you're not a native Memphian, but you feel uh, embraced and adopted by the city. Where, where, How did you get to Memphis? Where'd you come from? So it came from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I've been down here for 13 years. I do feel, uh, as I was saying, that uh, I, you know, have been adopted. Uh, when I left Pittsburgh about 13 years ago, my mom was worried uh, because she said uh, she was worried that I was going to come down here and marry a Southern Belle, and I was never going to come back to Pittsburgh. Well, well, mom, last year I married my Southern Belle, and but maybe I'm coming back at some point to, to check, you know, flights are cheap, so I can always come back. Um, so that happened. Her worst fear uh, came about, but it was great uh, uh, that I met my wife uh, well, down here and we live in uh, in Memphis. Uh, I, I don't even know what you call it. Midtown adjacent, uh, basically <laughs> outside the Saw Gardens and uh, we love it. So I came down here to get my... Uh, MBA from the University of Memphis, and um, as a number of my classmates uh, with me, we uh, were in the the program, and then we ended up staying. And uh, for myself, I bounced around from uh, after graduation, went to FedEx, uh, AutoZone, Wonderman Thompson, which is a growing uh, agency, international agency, uh, has an outpost here in Memphis. Um, and then I went to Service Master, which then has all those brands, and then you know left uh, to do do my own thing. So was in a digital marketing um, uh, department in each one of those companies, or on a team in every aspect, and then you know did what a lot of a lot of people have done, especially during the pandemic, and said I can can probably uh, uh, head off it and try this myself. So so we did. Well, very good. So um, what attracted you uh, to the digital uh, marketing component of, of marketing? There are lots of things you can do in marketing, but you chose uh, di the digital side. Tell me about that. The crazy part is that I think we, we used to separate it and say there's marketing and then there's digital marketing. It's a separate aspect. I, I think it's safe to say at least in the last couple of years, Digital marketing just is marketing, right? The, you know, the four P's still apply to it. It's just, you know, it's different than when we talk about location. Instead of having a retail front, which still matters, uh, that can be a channel such as being on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera. Um, what attracted me specifically was um, that I, I think it, it started building websites at the time. So new even looking back now, hardly anything about code, uh, you know, how about how all these things work. And then there is the, um, there's the digital marketing dream. 
that people still have and that, you know, is even dragged out there with AI a little bit more of, you know, we can do anything because uh, we can build it all. And um, uh, so I was I was part of that. What can we do to automate, to make things better, to make things faster? Uh, and then I found out about uh, something I started to get paid. That helps, too. Yes. Uh, I was a content writer and I would get paid about five hundred dollars for each article. And um, as soon as you start making money in something, you said, there's something here. Uh, once I started getting paid, found out about um, a thing called SEO or search engine optimization. The idea of merging these two things, like how do you how do you take um, a website and make it uh, appear very nice to Google? Uh, how do you write the content for you, you know, consumers uh, that are that want to absorb that and watch it and then uh, or read it? And and how do you merge those things to make it um, where the consumer is happy and someone like Google or a search engine is happy? So that's what really got into me. Got um, got me into it. And then just naturally uh, through the corporate world, uh, they just, they give you more responsibilities. So then, you know, I had to branch out and, uh, and learn a few more things as well. Your profession and mine are similar in the sense that in many ways, but uh, there are a thousand lawyers within 25 feet of my office. And there are a thousand SEO firms and digital marketing firms uh, with, you know, uh, on, uh, at my fingertips on the internet. Uh, how does how does your uh, business uh, separate itself from everybody else? Yeah, perfect question. My sister is a lawyer. She would love to hear you say that, that we're like closer uh, in our choices for work uh, than, we, than we originally thought. Uh, but it's a good question. So as law firms, tend to do. Uh, I think that we are trying to niche down and serve a specific need uh, to a specific uh, sub group of people. And on top of that, sometimes you just have something you're really good at as well. So we have a target core focus, which from the home services background and, and the years of working with uh, Terminex and Service Master, as well as going off and consulting them for them even after, um, we really try to focus on home service companies, uh, usually between you know a certain income level, which is around five million to fifty million, which means they're usually like a little bit bigger than like local uh, to regional, and uh, ver you know, uh, and some of them are aspiring to be regional or really aspiring to be national in some way. So that is who we focus on because we find we can drive the most impact for them. From everything we found uh, between home service industries, everything from pest control to uh, from merry maids that to house cleaning to uh, we helping out uh, with uh, some companies like American Home Shield, American Residential Services. So understanding HVAC and plumbing, um, there is a uh, there, there's a little bit each each industry is different, but there's a little bit of a playbook that we understand of here's the best way to capture a customer or take um, inbound marketing. And what we try to do a little bit different than everybody else is to make it campaign-based. So our target, our home service companies, the thing that really sets us apart is that we truly try to make a, an entire campaign. Some people just look at SEO. 
Some people just look at paid ads. Some people just look at things like paid social media or other things. We try to make that truly as integrated as possible where um, I'm not sure you, you had to have searched something recently. I'm sure that while on your phone, you may not have just stayed on the phone and purchased right then. You go back, you research, and we can see from analytics, people are just, I'm going to say differently. It's crazy when you watch it. They just bounce around the internet. So our whole thing is we want to make sure that we're capturing people at every single purchase level uh, where they need to be. And we, we have a pretty good understanding around home services of, of where that's at. So on top of things like that, uh, I think just like your law firm, if you specialize in something as well, like for us, we've done 15 website migrations and 12 of them are like enterprise level. Like we're, you know, we're millions of dollars, millions upon millions of dollars for the website alone are on the line. Uh, we, we feel like we are extremely good at doing that, of helping uh, people either migrate a website or redesign it and make sure that uh, the risk mitigation, uh, that they won't lose traffic uh, or as close to that as possible as we can attain, uh, we're going to try to do that. You know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who who uh, listen or watch uh, this show. And uh, one question I get frequently about SEO, because I've had a number of SEO folks on and, and we talk about it a lot, is brand play versus lead gen, you know, immediate sales play. What's What's your philosophy on you know, how you bring all of the elements together. Uh, are you looking for a long brand play? Are you looking for lead gen or does it depend on, on your client? Great question. We're, uh, it depends on the industry and then it depends on the client. I know that's like, um, that's somewhat of a cop-out It's a great answer. lawyer answer. Yeah, right. Uh, so great lawyer answer is it depends. I get it from my sister. Um, so they, the, the reason why we want to focus on brand is because it's going to drive down cost. Uh, you may know already that um, you bidding on your own term in Google is going to cost a lot less than a general uh, term that's out there. So usually we always try to put a mix of here is directly gen prospecting uh, or trying to get a new customer versus just trying to stay top of mind. What we find a lot of, you know, Marketing and sales are different, but if you know there's a Venn diagram, there they they cover a lot. So same way that in sales, of sometimes a sale is just being at the right place at the right time. Sometimes that's how we look at brand, where um, you can show someone an ad five times and it doesn't uh, doesn't hit for them until all of a sudden their air conditioning goes out or um, you know they see some. Uh, you know, critters uh, in their house that they need to get rid of, or they know that their lawn uh, has a dead spot now that it's turning to be 100 degrees and a lot of humidity. Um, so only then, you know, may they see it. And that's why we there, you do have to balance and mix it out. Sometimes it depends on the strength of the brand, though, too, and the, the name. If you're new, you you know, you just have to pay to play. That's the way you do it. You can you can still put your name out there. You want people to associate your name with what you do. That's what we're starting to do right now. Uh, we try to build that into our name as well. Um, and on top of that, uh, but if 
sometimes you, if you want money and to keep going, you have to you have to do the lead gen and have to do uh, prospecting. So I know that that's not the best answer, but uh, it, it depends on the industry, depends on what level of maturity you're at. And also, um, uh, even if you're a mature brand, sometimes there there is a need to um, to reestablish yourself too, to to get back out there. So there may be another reason to say this could be cheaper in the long run if we do like a rebrand put, maybe not even rebranding, like doing a logo, but let's do another brand push to get um, newer, younger customers or whatever associated with our brand. Uh, let me ask that question a different way uh, based on what you just said, because I, I picked up on a couple of things you said, particularly about uh, maturity of, uh, of, uh, of your enterprise. Let's say that Let's say that instead of going to going into law school, I decided I wanted to be a pest control company, and I put I pull some money together. Uh, I don't have a, a wealthy family, so I've got a finite amount of money, and I come to you and I say, "Look, I understand the need for the long haul to build a brand, but I need customers today." What what do you say to that guy about how he, how you begin to to make a strategy that kind of gives him the best of both worlds or can you? Yeah, the 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 best way we talk about, um, so at Service Master and at, at Rhodes where I'm, I'm teaching in the spring, a lot of times what we try to do is to, um, what I try to do at least to, to help out budding entrepreneurs is uh, to set up a phased approach. You have to know that the same way that your business itself is going to have to scale and be different things at different times uh, is to lay it out and state that, you know, let's look at four different phases and um, or it, it, to break it down in more sim simple terms is like um, the crawl, walk, run. That's the easiest one that people use a lot. Uh, just first, even before the, the crawl is if you're just starting out, um, what do you need? You still need to have some sort of budget, uh, but you can set up a one-page landing page. You can start to set up ads um, and target a specific area. So let's say um, if you were right where I live, you, you may want to just target one zip code, a few zip codes, keep it small, um, start going to your website and then start doing the brand, just focusing on that zip code. Then as you start to get customers around there, you're going to know that word of mouth is going to start to help out. Then you start to lay out a phase plan of, okay, let's probably get a, a bigger website. So now we have to spend a little bit more money. Um, let's increase our budget a little bit and let's, um, let's broaden our focused area uh, as well. And then from there uh, to go, then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at the entirety of Memphis. So what it, what does that look like to, to service those people? We probably have to include a lot more things uh, that people are interested in. Um, even when it comes to digital, like all of a sudden you're on the customer service end of it. Are we supplying chat bots and stuff like that? To then, you know, trying to go regional, you know, you're gonna have to get a lot bigger website probably going to have to hire um, uh, an agency uh, to help out with multiple different ends, right? Brand agency, someone like myself that helps with 
you know, distribution of ads, et cetera, uh, and PR too. So uh, it's really just looking at a, a phased approach, not trying to, uh, some people want to um, sell their services online instantly and don't realize that's probably going to cost a lot of money, take a lot of time, keep it simple at first, uh, spend money to earmark money to advertise, and then use some of the cash flow to reinvest it back into marketing. I've had some folks tell me that that they think um, digital marketing is uh, better for brand play and that lead generation, uh, not so much. Uh, is that industry dependent or do you find that to be true? What do you, what do you think about that? I, I believe that to be industry dependent. Uh, and let me give you an example. If you're a startup and you sell a product, there is no better uh, uh, brand and lead gen than there is online. Especially if you are out of Memphis, Tennessee, and I want to show my ad to someone in Cupertino, California, uh, I can be both a brand and a lead gen um, at the same time. And there's really no other way to do it. Um, and for home services alone, too, and to and even AutoZone, right? We, we can go back and look that you get, you're still going to be able to sell online. Uh, AutoZone is a good one of uh, where uh, at the time then, which is a long time ago, we were still trying to support the store. So how are we going to send people to the store? So that's still a lead gen aspect. Um, I would I would argue that e-commerce really works that way. Um, so I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm too much of a uh, um, a digital native uh, and grew up in it, where I can see that we can solve a lot of issues there. But I'm still a marketer, and I love to to zig when people are zagging. So as soon as everyone gets away from billboards, if you put up a great billboard, it's probably going to do fairly well because everybody else uh, is really trying to focus on this other thing. So uh, it is industry dependent. Uh, but I, I look at it, if implemented properly, you can, uh, you really can balance those both out. Where do you think, um, where do you think we're going to be in five years, uh, with, uh, the kind of commerce you're, you're supporting on online? It's a, it's a great question because, uh, AI is changing a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, I had I had a course structured and ready to go in November, uh, by on November first for the spring, and by no November 9th, I believe it was uh, when ChatGPT three dropped, it destroyed uh, a lot of the things even that we were planning. So, such as life and such as business, where there's always going to be some sort of disruption, uh, just how we adapt. So, in five years, uh, I what we're already seeing, I, not even in five years, is that the barriers to entry are much lower. You, There are a number of websites where you can go in, punch a few things in, and you have an entire website that is made in 30 seconds. And it's depending on who you are and where you're at, we're going to assume that um, if you own a very simple kind of local restaurant or something, sometimes that that may suffice, right? Of like, eh, I got, I have the, the information up and that's all I need. There you go. 
Uh, so the, the barriers to entry are much lower for things like uh, making a website, uh, setting up and, and launching campaigns, uh, brand aspects, uh, such as making the actual images and creative associated with it, and then the distribution around that. Um, what we're going to assume will change in five years is that um, my the short-term guess is uh, in one to two years, people are going to realize I can do marketing so much easier, is that we're going to see, a, no offense, we're going to see a lot of bad marketing from people because it's like, we can just, we can send it out. Um, so I'm assuming that people will go back and try to understand a little bit more about, okay, what is marketing? How do I drive someone down a funnel? What are the buyer stages? How do I set up these different buyers, et cetera? Um, and I think what that'll lead to is within five years, we've already worked on and had personalization. When you've come to a website and you know you may know how it says that, you may not know, but you come to the website and maybe it doesn't necessarily say like, hi, Alan, but it may say like, I, I see that you're coming from downtown Memphis. Like uh, maybe they're showing you the location that's closest to there. If you have a few offices, et cetera. Uh, but I'm going to assume that we, and even the non-marketer can get to a place of hyper-personalization where if it's set up right, which is the toughest part, as it always is, how can you get it where a, the website that you started or set up is almost always changing or almost always different for each person that is coming there and will, um, Will yeah, non-marketers be able to implement and do that? That's something that I'm interested in. Uh, I don't know if we'll get it to a point specifically of where we can put five five little entries in an entire campaign is launched. Uh, I'm sure that'll be possible, but I don't know if it'll be good. So, but uh, I'm excited for I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I'm excited for the next five months because. <laughs> As I as I explained it before to my students, the the technology S curve. Every time you see it, it it's like a rocket when it goes up, and we are on the trajectory right here uh, with everything that's coming out. So we still have a good you know we have months to a few years left of uh, advancements at a very fast pace. So I'm excited. So yeah, let's. That's my answer. Final answer is uh, let's just see what happens in the next five months. I'm sure it'll be uh, interesting. What do you think? Um, you know, Meta made a uh, significant investment in virtual reality, and there was a lot of talk when they did that that uh, they would force or or send marketing into virtual reality. What do you uh, what do you see on that front now? Has AI kind of eclipsed that, or are the, those two things going to team up and and we won't be searching Google anymore? We'll be searching virtual reality. So I am going to partially defer my answer to uh, a, a different professor who's much uh, more intelligent than myself, and uh, Scott Galloway. He he stated, and I. I'm with him on this aspect that I think the biggest thing for right now is augmented reality. So it's taking the, you know, the new Apple uh, vision headset or whatever, I forget what it's called. Um, and how are you gonna overlay 
reality with digital things. So um, there have been updates that we've been waiting for uh, in Google Maps as an example, uh, and they keep coming out with them where you can take your phone and scan it out here, and you'd be able to see uh, Rendezvous, which is right behind me, and you'd be able to see something pop up and it says, you know, this is Rendezvous. It would show you probably the same card um, of that you see in Google My Business Profile, you know, has 5,000 reviews, they have a 4.8 rating, et cetera. Um, that's, that's more of where I think we're going to be at in the short term, because I think that we're still used to reality and we just kind of want things overlaid. In I think Zuckerberg may have been a little bit too early to the game because what I can see in my nieces that are eight and 10 is that they grew up in a completely digital world. And as many parents have seen, uh, when they went to their grandparents' house and went up to the TV and pressed it and it didn't do anything, they didn't understand it, right? Because every screen they've ever touched has been a touchscreen. So going to assume that, um, Farther down the line, I could see a little bit more when it comes to virtual reality. Um, personally, uh, if if people have bought virtual real estate, good for you. For me, I, I didn't see that as something. Uh, we know computers and you can kind of just keep building stuff. So real estate is a finite game. I uh, don't know about that, but uh, augmented reality is the one that we're at least interested in for right now. And I think I think Apple... Um, whether they implemented it properly or not, we're going to see. I think they're they're guessing that as well with that their own headset. Sure, sure, yeah. It uh, it kind of felt that way when um, when you know Facebook morphed into Meta and it looked like they were really trying to get a a critical mass, and it just hasn't just hasn't happened. And that usually means that somebody tried to do something too soon. The question is. And always is, do you have to burn the boats to make it happen uh, and to truly find it out? Do they do they almost have to drop some of their other things, like not advertising itself, but starts it like almost sell off uh, social media, like Instagram, sell it off to say, we believe in this uh, that much that this is going to work. I don't know. Um, is he the right person to do it to? Not sure there as well. Uh, but the things we, the thing we always see with technology is that it usually takes another technology to truly make it um, fire and happen. Same way with AI, where virtual reality may not happen until we get a real um, sense with AI, where uh, we can set up a world and the world can expand and change, and we don't have to program every single little bit of it. It almost can like make part of it itself so there there yeah there there's definitely room for it i see it being helpful um especially when it comes to things like training or um there's a few other business applications but it's tough to see that right now but um i don't i can imagine augmented reality being uh huge uh i don't know if they'd ever allow it in the courtroom but we'll see well, uh, there are certain people who say certain trial lawyers uh, employ augmented reality, but that's a it's a different uh, it's a different conversation. Um, what do you think is the most underrated tool that a digital marker has at uh, at her disposal? 
I'm not going to give you the answer that I usually said. It depends on who you are. So I'm, I'm going to give you a list of some of my favorite ones. How about that? Yeah, that sounds right. One thing, uh, so one is just project management tools. So everything from Monday.com to Asana to Trello, uh, you kind of have to have them. Most people already use them, but just in case, throwing it out there. Um, that's the core and basis. Uh, if you're like me and, you know, we have to then lead a team and show people what to do. Uh, one of the biggest advantages I've seen in the last few years are things like Loom, the, the video recording software that you can send out, show someone um, how to do something. You can do a client pitch, anything uh, through Loom. That's been helpful. The other one is called Scribe, where you, if you were setting up a standard uh, operating procedure, right? Here's how we're going to do this every time. All it does is record your keystrokes and takes a snapshot every time you do. So instead of if you've ever written a document before, and um, many digital marketers will know this, if you've launched a, uh, a meta ad or meta campaign and tried to show um, uh, a new hire, an intern, et cetera, how to do it. Uh, writing all of that out is very cumbersome. Scribe is great at just recording that for you, and then you just kind of edit it, send it out. So that's a little bit more of the administrative uh, end of it. Right now, there are so many tools. Uh, I started cataloging it in November. Um, as soon as I knew I was going to have to have what, at least one class on AI. Uh, so I do have a complete list of AI tools that I'm trying to track. I don't want to fully give um, give backing to anything that like unless I use it all the time, like Scribe. Uh, but there there are some very uh, cool things that are they're going on out there. I love I do love what um, Canva is obviously one of the the you know the biggest uh, tools for and I've I've been astounded almost of the progress they've made um you know in, in their their software to expand very quickly where they quickly became a um a competitor to photoshop right almost uh and then photoshop has a lot of they just came out with a lot of generative uh ai things as well if you've seen uh people playing around with photos uh there as well um it's, it's very interesting so um Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm too much in the uh, the administrative uh, kind of role right now. It's not as fun, um, but I'm happy to at least share with you all of the, the AI tools uh, that's, that I've uh, been accumulating uh, for the last eight months or whatever. Yeah, the, um, there, there are just a host of things out there. And, you know, the administrative side is really where you make your money. I mean, if you can leverage and scale um, these repetitive tasks, then that leaves you more time to be creative and it leaves you more time to, if you're an entrepreneur and got limited resources, put your resources uh, in other places. Any advice for, for budding entrepreneurs who, uh, you know, they're approaching uh, digital marketing and kind of jumping on as that this train is moving, what, uh, what advice do you, do you give them? Um, for those that are just starting out, uh, and to be clear, am I, am I speaking to a digital marketer that is starting out or am I talking yeah. to yeah, a digital marketer just starting out? Um, for them, I think that, 
selfishly, I'll tell you what I did. And I, I, I thought it worked for me. Some it may work differently for you, but what I kept trying to do was to expand my skill set. Uh, so, you know, I didn't know that I was doing it, but expanding, you know, starting with SEO, but then expanding out into content and promotions and A-B testing and, and all this um, stuff. And then kind of going back and focusing on one thing, expanding, focusing. Uh, I think that that'll help you uh, learn much faster than just doing one thing uh, all the time. So you're going to learn how to write copy and you're going to learn how to implement a campaign. You're going to learn how the customer is just by doing a few of those aspects. But you can't be the best at a bunch of things. So you, you do have to focus. So um, like the, the uh, like a jellyfish, right? I'm just look at the ex expanding, going back, expanding, going back. Um, that's what I look at. I look at there's so many... Um, resources online every everything from um i made all my students get hubspot certified uh google ads certified google analytics certified these are all things that are free you can do it uh hubspot as an example technically you could do it almost in a weekend if you really uh if that's all you did uh, but even then with a job you can get certified in different aspects in two weeks um, so look at doing that just to expand your skill set. And um, what I'm at least attempting to do, uh, and hopefully we'll see if it works, is trying to build more of a digital community here in Memphis. So get out, start to talk to people, uh, find them on LinkedIn uh, for people that are already in a job, that, especially that you want to have, or even one that you're just a company that you're interested in, and just start to um, Try to set up a, a mentor or um, an understanding of what kind of community can we help to build. So I've been working specifically with a few people. Let's expand the, the you know the SEO community, which is also morphing almost into like an AI community as well. Uh, but beyond that, where where are some other people uh, specifically here in Memphis that are already doing that, and um, who can you bounce some ideas off of? I right, last question. Let me ask you this on the other end of the spectrum. Let's say you're dealing with a 50-something uh, business owner or CEO um, who, you know, didn't grow up with this stuff, not like your uh, nieces and nephews who, uh, uh, you know, take, that's all they've known. And they realize, okay, I got to get in, I got to get my company into this game. Uh, what's your advice on, on how that person proceeds into the water? That's a very good question because we do that all the time. Um, so the number one thing about marketing is where are the eyeballs at, right? It's it really it's where are people at? And if your customer base isn't on digital platforms, then I'm going to tell you, you probably shouldn't, you know, uh, you should probably have a website, just at least people solidify who you are and what do you do. Uh, but, you know, not everybody has to do every single thing in digital marketing. You don't have to be on every channel if you're not going to be able to cultivate it and put up posts. You shouldn't be on, you know, Pinterest as an example uh, if that's not where your target market is at. So that's the first one. Uh, I want to give people the out. Like, don't feel pressure that you have to be in digital marketing every channel everywhere. 
at the same time, there are ways uh, to test. There's two books called Traction, which is very confusing. One is by Gene Wickman, who is more about uh, entrepreneur, etc. The other Traction, here we go. Wow. Uh, yeah, by Weinberg and Mars. They go into um, trying to the idea of testing out channels. So if you were to try to do it, you, uh, maybe don't put all your eggs in one basket and start to test out. If you were just going to do meta ads, do it for three months, try to get a baseline. What what would success look like here? What am I going for? If you're in a lead organization, what is a good cost per lead? What am I spending right now for maybe traditional forms of media? What would it look like if I reduce that? And then can I do that in this channel? And then starting to test out different ones. How does Meta look for you know, a month or two months? How does LinkedIn look? Um, uh, and then you know, there, there are other ones like writing blogs, et cetera, content. It's gonna take a lot longer. Uh, you can't just really test that out and see that instantly. Um, but I would at least see what start that process to see how much does it cost overall to do, what's the time frame, et cetera, and try to put some metrics together as far as what, you know, what does success look like to me? Is that spending less overall? Is that getting more clients? Maybe I'm I'm like saturated in the channels that I'm at uh, and trying to understand and put together some sort of scorecard of here are the three most important metrics that I could see that'll that'll bring me success either with me, more leads, more revenue, et cetera. Um, and these are the three that are gonna help support that. So uh, that's where I would start at least. Well, I appreciate everybody watching. I appreciate Ross, uh, uh, as I said, being on the show. If you enjoyed uh, this episode, please uh, give us uh, a review, rank us, uh, share us on social media, send it as an email to uh, forward on to as an email to uh, people you think might benefit from it. Uh, Ross is, is going to go and improve uh, digital marketing for his clients. And I'm going to go get some justice. Thank, Thank you all very much.